Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KBI. Well, hello, hello, Seattle, the Puget Sound region, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, master mixologist, and commodore of cocktails, right here every Saturday, 11 a.m. to noon on 570 KVI. Got another great show today, so excited about summer in Seattle. It is August, and that is typically the best month, um, because we're not in school yet, unless you're a cougar. <laughs> Roast. Um, looking ahead on the show, we've got Mr. Hal Lindvig, uh, the Director of Winemaking for Precept Wines here in Seattle for Waterbrook and Canoe Ridge and Waitsburg and, well, so many more. We'll hear from Hal. I uh, also have the lovely Carrie Shields uh, of Cote Bonneville fame um, and DeBrule Vineyard over in Sunnyside, Washington, a UC Davis grad and uh, also a, an esteemed panelist on the uh, tasting panel for the Seattle Wine Awards. Carrie Shields, welcome to Happy Hour. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, so excited. It's a beautiful day in Seattle. Uh, the sun is shining bright and uh, just as it is in the east side of the state. And you live in Sunnyside? Yes, I do. Um, and your winemaking chops, you, where did you find wine? I know you went to UC Davis, but tell me, what was the epiphany that you said, ah, I want to do this? You know, I feel kind of left out because I never had that epiphany wine. I grew up drinking wine. I, <laughs> I mean, I made my first wine when I was 13. I was working in engineering and I was, I was commuting and sitting in traffic and working long hours and making Excel spreadsheets and PowerPoint presentations and... I had gotten promoted out of actually making things. I said, you know what? Wine's more fun than cars and tractors. I want to actually make stuff. You were in the auto biz. I was in the auto biz. I I made those, uh, worked for Fiat when we were starting to develop those little 500 cars that are driving around. I saw one this morning, and I still think they're really cute. (laughs) They are. They are really cute. So you were making wine at 13. I was throwing keggers at 16, so we're about even. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you got to start young. What kind of wine were you making at 13? Bad wine, actually. Bad wine? It was really Full of Brett? Uh, Use some no, dirty socks just, or something? No, it didn't actually ever get bottled. It got dumped. It was that awful. But uh, no, it was part of a, a science fair project that I said, this is a good way to get me to make wine and take it to school and be legal-ish. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Well, uh, you don't need a bond back then when you're in uh, seventh grade, I imagine, at 13 or eighth grade. What is it? Uh, but UC Davis called, huh? You said, I want to make some really good wine, so I'm going to find a great wine program. Well, like I said, anybody can make wine, even a 13-year-old kid, but that doesn't mean it's going to be good. And I wanted all of my bad wines to be in my teenage years. And so if you're going to make good wine consistently, then you need to know what you're doing and you need to know the science. And so I, I went to Davis, got my master's degree, and uh, the rest is the rest is history. And UC Davis is in what town? Davis. Davis. Is that why they call it University of California Davis? Yeah, it is, actually. Ah, You learn something every week on Happy (laughs) Hour Radio. (laughs) Yeah, it's outside of Sacramento. Ah, well, that's a lovely place. It is fabulous. Ah, well, just like Sunnyside. And uh, in Sunnyside, you have a wonderful, amazing piece of property there called uh, DeBrule Vineyard. Tell me about that. Uh, DeBrule Vineyard was planted by my mom and dad in uh, 1992. 
There are some Riesling vines that are that were on the property to start with. Um, the area was broken out of sagebrush in the 50s when the irrigation went in, and it was planted as an apple orchard. And um, the original owner had started converting it to a vineyard with those Riesling vines in the early 80s. So there's some of the older vines in the state. And um, and then we planted the rest in 92. We've got six varietals, and we, we still sell 75% of the fruit, but we vinify all six varietals and make wines under the Cobonneville label. Very good. So uh, shout out to Hugh and Kathy. Uh, Hi, Dr. Mom. Hugh. Hi, Dad. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. And uh, 1992, they had a vision to, to get in the wine game. Uh, that's, that's quite the vision because the 90s was just about, you know, still really? I mean, I know you. we had it's probably, see, 1990, I think we had what? Oh, we probably had 200 wineries, didn't we? So it was past really stage, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the Yakima Valley does have vines that go back to uh, 1917 that are still producing. So there's there's a pretty rich history in the Yakima Valley. W.B. Bridgman, those yes. guys? Yes. Yeah, cool. Uh, so DeBrule Vineyard, uh, growing six different varieties, which is, when I did a tour there, it was very interesting. Uh, one of the only places in the world that you can grow world-class grapes of six different varieties on one singular place. That is that is true. That's the, pretty neat. It's It is... A really fascinating area in the Yakima Valley with all the different microclimates we have on our hillside because it's a steep south-facing hill, but it's a rocky promontory. There's a west-facing slope. There's a south-facing slope. There's more gentle slopes. And all of those different microclimates mean that the heat accumulation and the soil variability over the summed over the length of the season means you can grow world-class Riesling and world-class Cabernet right next to each other. That's so cool. And with all those slopes, uh, you know, a couple more thousand feet, you'd be a ski resort. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Except we still don't get enough. We still don't get enough precipitation. No, that darn cascade rain shadow effect. Uh, speaking with Carrie Shields, the winemaker and UC Davis grad for Cote Bonneville over in Sunnyside, they make some great wine uh, from De Brule Vineyard. And I know you brought two of these wines today. Tell me what you have. Well, to your point of world-class Riesling and world-class Cabernet grown right next to each other, I thought they should be poured right next to each other. Boom. Boom. So, <laughs> so I brought our uh, 2013 uh, Cote Bonneville Riesling, which we make in a spate laser style, so German style. We. Uh, mm, that's perfect for breakfast. That's, it's my it's breakfast. For a happy hour. Love it. That's juicy. And low alcohol. You can drink it all day long. You can start for breakfast, go through to happy hour. Have it with dinner. <laughs> uh, perfect on ice uh, in a in a blender. Whip it up. This is great. This is uh, full of peach and nectarine, just a touch of lime. Uh, great bright acidity, uh, juiciness, and just the hint of sugar, which makes your mouth water even more. Yummy, uh, Hal Invig. I know that you're on the on the mic here. Uh, welcome to Happy yep. Hour. Tell me about this Riesling and your uh, esteemed professional opinion. It's uh, you know, I think one of the things I really like about Yakima Riesling in particular is there's just a tremendous amount of minerality to it, and that's one of the things with this wine. I think I think Washington Riesling in general, I love the the balance and between the fruit and the acidity, and you can have wines that just really are so fruit forward, so approachable, but they finish so clean and crisp, and just it almost as dry as it is, it sort of makes your mouth water for more at the end. And and then you add in that minerality and it's just, it adds so much structure and really makes it more than just a, I think for a lot of people, Riesling is just sort of a cocktail wine and this is not a cocktail wine. It is a great cocktail wine, but it's a, at the same time, it's a really versatile wine that just is, is 
goes with tons of different food, and and he, especially here in the Northwest, where we we have so many different culinary influences, it's 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 an undervalued. That's true. We got all those darn Asians here. They make some great food. I uh, love this wine. This is really a world class wine. I mean, the the structure of this wine is beautiful. Uh, you got bright acidity, but the the palate is dry on the finish. I mean, my my palate is dry, even though it has that hint of sweetness, which I think is gives it perfect balance. Um, it just makes me want more, and I love it when a, when a finish is dry because it's like, mm, okay, that's done. Let me have more. How do you do that? They, magic. Magic. <laughs> UC Davis magic. Yep. Well, class. actually, it's De Brule magic. Ah. So the combination of you really can't make world class wines without world class fruit, and so it's it is important to have the UC Davis magic. But the magic in the vineyard is really where it all starts. Uh, very cool. And how how much uh, acreage is devoted to Riesling? Uh, I don't know. Four. Wow, that's small. Yeah. Tiny. Yeah. Great. That's like an Einzelagen in Germany, where we've got just this one little spot, this little parcel, and it truly is a single vineyard, so De Brule Vineyard. Now, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, interesting about the idea of Riesling being, you know, internationally world-class Riesling, Alsace and uh, Germany, uh, two entirely different climates. Alsace is probably more suited towards uh, eastern Washington than I would imagine Germany, based on just the steep slopes, high, uh, uh, the, the cooler climate. But Cabernet Sauvignon growing next to each other, you would think Cabernet is like, we all know Napa and Bordeaux. Uh, Bordeaux is more similar to, obviously, uh, Washington than Napa, unfortunately. Or actually, it's kind of a mix, isn't it? Uh, it's in between. In a warm yeah. year, in a warm year, we approximate more Napa. In a cool year, we approximate more Bordeaux. So it depends on... We call it the best of both worlds, we call is what we're saying. the best of both worlds. It's warm enough for fruit. It's cool enough for the the structure and the acidity and the complexity that you get in Bordeaux. So it's... It's really the best of, of all worlds. So this wine is called what? The red wine is the red wine is called Cote Bonneville. It's our estate. It's our flagship estate blend from our the steep south facing hillside. So it gets a lot more heat accumulation over the course of the summer than the Riesling block. Yes, and uh, the the Cote Bonneville is a blend of Cab Merlot, Cab Franc, just Cabernet and Merlot. Cabernet Merlot. Mm-hmm. Wow, one two. Yeah, Carriage House has a little bit of Franc in it, but the uh, uh, there's no Franc in that part of it. I know you make that great rosé, the Cab- rosé of Cabernet Franc, which is delicious. So let's talk about this wine. This is 2012. This is 2007. What? What? It's actually, because we make these wines to age, um, I like to hold on to them a little bit longer before they're released and before we bring them to people. If I would have brought you a 2012, which I just put in the bottle, and pulled the cork, you would be like, infanticide. It's baby. Too young. <laughs> uh, infanticide or inf- infanticide? Infanticide. Infanticide. I was like, well. Killing babies. Can't oh, yeah. kill the babies. But. Mm. Well, the 07 uh, a, was an unher- unheralded vintage because it was one of those tweener vintages after 06, the big freeze, so you had a naturally lower crop occurring. We talk about the big freeze in Washington. Hal, do you remember this? Were you around yeah, making wine? I was. What happened in 07? Just, you know what? It's. Cold years, and I think the thing that really hits us most of the time is it's cold years where the temperature just drops so dramatically that it just knocks the stuffing out of the vines. And that's and that's in we the have winter, we have pretty saying. hardy vines, yeah. But those winters where it just yeah we've we've had this a couple times where you'll you'll look at your thermometers out in the vineyards and it's forty degrees, and you come back twenty minutes later and it's fourteen degrees, and it's those drastic temperatures really are what much more to at least to my opinion what is the most devastating to the vines than anything else is it's just those those that one two punch that just knocks them right out so we had that freeze was it october of 06 or 
I forget, but we talk about a cooler. Um, but anyway, 07 was cool, cooler in Washington versus warmer, like 13 in this year, correct? Yeah, 07 was, it was kind of middle of the fairway. It wasn't nearly as cool as 04 or 11. And uh, in our vineyard, we don't have too many issues with frost damage. We're, site selection is hugely important in all of Washington because of frost potential. Uh, we're on a on a hillside at the top of the irrigation so there's a lot of there's hills up above us. The air is cold air is already moving. Cold air is heavy, so it it sinks, um, and so the air is already moving when it goes over our vineyard and keeps going down onto the valley floor, and so we're pretty protected from frost damage. Um, so we really haven't haven't seen a lot of it. But I know there have been some years like 2004, 2011, where some areas of the you couldn't escape it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was dark side of the moon to some degree. Uh, speaking with Carrie Shields of Coat Bonneville and Hale Lingvig of uh, Director of Winemaking of Precept Wines, um, yeah, here on Happy Hour Radio, we've got uh, the 2013 uh, De Bruyne Vineyard Riesling and the 2007 Coat Bonneville uh, Red Blend of Cab and Merlot, uh, and this is a fantastic wine. I mean, this is showing so much Bordeaux character on the finish and just the the herbaceousness. It's fantastic. Uh, when we come back from this break, I want to chi- have uh, Carrie and Hal chime in on about this wine and about Washington wines in general. Of course, we'll talk about the Seattle Wine Awards and the Oregon Wine Awards and the Gold Medal Wine Experience. Coming September 14th, uh, the Seattle Waterfront Marriott. That'll be a fantastic, it will be epic, as I posted on Facebook this week. An epic showing of world-class wines right from your backyard, including... Uh, well, we'll tell you all about it when we come back. Hey, if you're out there in the Twitter sphere, don't be afraid. Um, send us a tweet. Tweet me. Ask. Well, wait. Tweet me at Happy HR Radio on Twitter. And if you got a question, send it to ask at happyhourradio.net. We'll be right back. Waterbrook Winery offers world-class Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Chardonnay, proudly produced in Walla Walla since 1984. Now you can experience Waterbrook Wine in celebration of the ultimate college football rivalry on November 29th. Enter to win a trip for you and seven guests, complete with Alaska Air flights to Pullman, plus two nights lodging and a private tailgate. Enter at waterbrook.com forward slash win apple cup. That's waterbrook.com forward slash win apple cup. Cheers. The home of the great one, Mark Levin. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Having a really happy time, and I'm happily butchering Hal Landvoit's last name. Uh, I swear I don't speak Swiss. Uh, it's Hal Landvoit of Waterbrook Winery, the director of winemaking at Precept, and Hal. And Carrie Shields here with Cote Bonneville. Uh, we're talking about the 2007 uh De Brule Vineyard Cote Bonneville Red Wine, which is Cabernet and Merlot. And I think it's fantastic. 2007, uh, this wine is, I would dare say, it's just about peaking. Only because I want that freshness and I want that character. I know it'll age more. It's like Bordeaux. You you have the old one because you never wanted to open it, but you still have a great experience. But I think this is showing the ripeness of character and just enough evolution and tertiary to make me go, wow, this is world class. Carrie? Well, I think it's... I think it's pretty good now, but you're biased, you know, though. I well, and I'm spoiled because I get to do things like taste the 2002 and the 2003 and the 2004, and you know, it's it's got a lot of life left ahead of it. But it is, 
that is one of the reasons that we hold on to them longer than most people do because when you get a 2007 off you know off the shelf at a restaurant it's ready to go right now and so um you don't have to be patient if you don't want to well, uh, and I certainly cannot be patient at sometimes when it's just this good. Uh, my glass is almost empty. We need a sommelier. We need a sommelier in the house. To be, I need a studio sommelier. Wait, is that me? <laughs> I thought that I was you. That's, it is me. All right. Well, Hal, Hal Lanvoit, uh, I know that you've been in the Washington wine biz for about 12 years now. Nine. Shoot. Yeah. I took now the I've over. Been... I, did, I missed the showcase. Oh, so nine years. Um what are some of the older wines that you've tasted in your library of, I know Waterbooks has, has been around since 1984, so yeah. you, and Canoe Ridge has been around since 1995 mm-hmm. or six. Yeah. I just, uh, it was at a wedding just two weekends ago, and we had a, a double, ma- or a three liter of the Canoe Ridge 1991 Merlot, and it was tremendous. And it's, I think one of the things I love about Washington is just how much some of these wines can age and how impressively they can age, um, even under what I would consider to be horrendous storage conditions. Um, <laughs> and it's, and, and for us, it's, I think it's one of those things that I, I love just that, that treasure hunt exploration of, even if it's been sitting, you find some case of 87 Waterbrook red blend sitting, you know, oh, yeah. I came across a, a case of 87 red mountain Waterbrook Bordeaux blend and, brought it home and there were 12 terrible bottles and one just sort of sat in my cellar for two or three years and I just never came back to it and it, w- it was just something we found in a storage shed literally out at the old winery site like a where they kept the weed whackers and the lawnmowers and that kind of stuff wow. it wasn't anywhere where you'd expect it to be and then you, I pulled this one bottle out and I was like oh let's see what happens and it was it was one of those sort of transformative moments where you're at this having this great dinner party everybody's talking everybody's the the room is just sort of cacophonous with conversation and then you pour this wine and suddenly everybody's all you hear is the clinking of glassware and everyone's just immersed in this wine and that's it it's an amazing i mean that's sort of what got me into wine in the first place was those little treasure hunt discoveries of old wine and that that you can have something that's so old and still is just so vibrant and lively and exciting to drink agreed when it comes to silence sometimes that speaks volumes especially when it comes to wine when people aren't talking it's like Unless they don't want to say something. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe they're serving this. Uh, well, that's really cool. And um, I'm excited the fact that uh, Waterbrook is 30 years old this year. And, it is. Uh, just like me. Um, you're having a big party out there uh, August 29th and 30th. Have farm-to-table dinner and the, uh, the 30th anniversary party, which is an 80s theme, out in Walla Walla. Um, and uh, that's going to be really fun. I'm going to go to that. I'm going to go crash your party, um, find my hair again, and put it on and just rock out. Bring a tambourine. Tambourine? That's like the 60s, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Carrie Shields, um, world-class wine. You know, we have a couple events here in, in Washington. Uh, I know Andy Perdue puts on some great wine recognition programs, and uh, there's something called the Seattle Wine Awards, uh, and you've served on the tasting panel for the Seattle Wine Awards. Tell me about your experience. Well, Chris, it's a really fun uh, panel to be on because the quality of the judges is extremely high across the board. You've got some amazing sommeliers, some really knowledgeable, a couple couple knowledgeable uh, winemakers, but just really experienced people. And so it's it's always a great learning experience. And I get to know my wines really, really well, but it's always fun to come taste, what did we have, 1,300 wines this year? And it's such a great broad spectrum 
of the industry, and it's it's really something that I look forward to every year. And this last, uh, the 2014 evaluation, uh, there were a lot of uh, 10s, 11s, and 12s in the mix. And were you surprised at how well 2011 showed blind? I was, actually. I hadn't tasted that many of them beforehand, but 11, 11 was a challenging year for some people at the time because it was so different. It was so cool. And I think that the uh, the growers that had the good sites, the grew for quality and adjusted to the, the conditions, and then the winemakers that had the experience to react to them just made fabulous wines. And there were a lot more of those than I had anticipated. So it was... It turned out to be a much better vintage than than people were were thinking about. Yes, and uh, the truth is in the proof is in the glass, I should say. And and Hal, I know that uh, uh, Precept Wine, their family of brands, Waterbrook, Canoe Ridge, uh, Waitsburg, and uh, tell me some of the other brands you have there. Uh, we have Alder Ridge. Alder Ridge. We have uh, just sort of in terms of historical brands, we have Washington Hills. We have the Bridgman, which we mentioned. Um, uh, Brown family. Oh yeah, Brown um, family. That's uh, that's the your the founders. Andrew Brown is Andrew. the founder. So that's the wine that if if you uh, beep it up, you get fired. Um, <laughs> I just thought I'd save you the beep there, but <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, you're that's the director a- <laughs> of uh, noise making too over here at Happy Hour Radio. Uh, well, very cool. So. Um, What's great about uh, Precept this year uh, and many years is that you've received a lot of great recognition through the Seattle Wine Awards, and I know that Carrie most likely tasted some of your blinds, wa- yeah. your wines blind, and uh, you got some great scores. Let's see if I can remember uh, the Waterfront. Uh, excuse me, the Waterfront, the Waterbrook, Waterfront, Waterbrook, Waterbrook Winery, 2012 Malbec. Uh, is that really a twelve dollar wine? That is. Oh my goodness, and that's a double gold winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 2012 Chardonnay is also a $12 wine, and that's a, that's got a gold medal. And then the 2011 Reserve Cab, which we were chatting about, the 2011 Vintage, uh, another gold. And that's uh, 24 bucks. Yeah. Very that's, cool. That's uh, one of the things when we when we bought Waterbrook, it was, it was one of the things that I, you know, both just there's a sense of heritage there. And I think when we look at acquisitions, we're always, we're, we're really concerned with looking for who are those pioneers in the state, and how can we help preserve that heritage and sort of keep that keep that store going? Um, but it's Waterbrook's focus has always been. If, if I had to pick one word, it's value, and it's that mm. you know I I think for me, sort of I got into wine as a very poor college student, and the only way I could <laughs> sort of feed my habit was by volunteering in wine. No one wanted to hire me because I was only twenty years old. It wasn't even legal to hire me actually, but. By going in and volunteering and just however I could get to taste wine and experience wine. And so it's it's great to have wines that are at a price that everyone can enjoy um, and to be able to do that year after year. And that's there's enough not great wine that's out in the world for 10 or 12 bucks that it's great to actually put something out that gets that recognition that not only is this a good bottle of wine, but this is a great bottle of wine. We really appreciate that, and I know that what's great about ha- having uh, typicity and a sense of place and also uh, just overall yumminess, um, like the the Cote Bonneville wines are fantastically yummy. Uh, I know they're a little more than the, the $12 price point, but that's because you've got such a specific site and you're, you're working so hard on uh, that soil, and uh, you know, UC Davis ain't cheap, right? <laughs> well, growing those grapes isn't that cheap either. I mean, we still we still feel that our wines are value wines at their price points, but um, at the quantities we make, also you, the way we grow the grapes, everything's done by hand. 
um, I would say our, our one word would, would be quality. And that's what's great about uh, tasting wines blind is that you, you have no idea of um, you're truly evaluating the wine on its quality. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether the price point's 100 bucks or $10, it's about the quality in the glass. And that's what makes the Seattle Wine Awards so great and the Oregon Wine Awards so cool. And uh, the public, hey, everybody out there in Happy Hour Radio Land, you'll have a chance to uh, be the judge for yourself and come and taste the gold and double gold award-winning wines. Uh, Sunday, September 14th. At the Seattle Waterfront Marriott, uh, this is for the 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, and uh, there will be 60-plus uh, Washington and Oregon wineries there, 150 wines, a wine country buffet, uh, pictures, paparazzi, and decadent chocolates. I've got a couple chocolate purveyors coming in, and they're going to uh, put on a show uh, for those of you who love truffles, um, more so than uh, in the Italian dishes. Um, when we come back come back from this break, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of the Waterbrook wines and also just some vineyards in uh, Washington, the uh, wine appellations, and, and what goes into what. We've talked about Cote Bonneville and the Brule Vineyard, and we're going to step outside of Sunnyside and check out some of the other places in the world of Washington wine. Um, but looking ahead, like I said, uh, the Seattle Waterfront Marriott will be the host for the 2014 Gold Medal Experience. Tickets available at westseattlefoodbank.org. And uh, I'm a West Seattleite, and there's lots of West Seattleites listening to the show. Uh, this is helping out uh, the West Seattle Food Bank and uh, their great work at taking care of our community. Uh, you know, it's just more than food. It's uh, a sense of family and a sense of place, and that's important because uh, when it comes to wine and, and sharing, it's about sense of place, and there's no no better way to, to celebrate family than with a glass of wine. Um, so stick around. Hey, we'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Save the date and celebrate Washington and Oregon's best wines and wineries. Sunday, September 14th at the 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, benefiting the West Seattle Food Bank. Taste, talk, and tour more than 70 fantastic Northwest wineries, all under one roof and each of them pouring their gold and double gold award-winning wines. Sumptuous food, chocolate divine, and this year's most delicious wines. The 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, Sunday, September 14th. Find tickets and information at westseattlefoodbank.org and seattlewineawards.com. He's live. He's here. Sean Hannity. Weekdays, noon to 3, only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Sommelier, Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier with uh, Carrie Shields of Cote Bonneville and Hal Landvoigt. Director of Winemaking for Precept Wine here in studio. Uh, we're talking about world-class wine. So, Carrie, when you evaluate a wine, tell me what you believe goes into world-class uh, Merlot. Well, world-class, the first thing I look for, being a Davis grad, is uh, that the wines are technically correct. Um, and then the other things I look for are the fruit quality, the aromatics, first of all, the the fruit qualities that come from Merlot and then the acidity and how much tannin level there is because you need the acid and the tannin for the wines to age. You want the fruit characteristic because it is fruit juice after all. And um, so that's, you put the whole package together and how well is it integrated. Those are some of the things that I look for. 
Balance at the end. Balance at the end. And then just uh, the mm factor. Well, that the, the <laughs> yumminess factor that you were talking about is yes. always important. Well, as you said, uh, world-class wine has to come from world-class grapes. And I know that Debrule Vineyard is one of those sources for uh, in Washington State. But, Hal, you're making world-class wine, too. Tell us some of the fruit uh, sources that you're gaining of grapes from. We, we really pull from all over the state. So we... You know, we in terms of Waterbrook, we pull from Oasis, uh, Mirage Vineyard. Uh, we have a vineyard. Wait, in, wait. There's an Oasis in Washington. I'm not aware of. Oasis Vineyard. Where's this at? It's uh, it's right between Prosser and Benton City. Wow, that sounds like an oasis. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a mirage, ni- it's a nice right? farm. Yeah. Okay. There's Mirage. There's uh, Pepper Bridge. There's Bulula, which is down on the Horse Heaven Hills, which is just a tremendous uh, site. Um, Talked Our about own Black stuff, Rock. Canyon Vineyard Ranch, is is one that we purchased about the same time that we bought Waterbrook, which is just a, a incredible site. That's where a lot of the Malbec and the Chardonnay for this wine comes uh. from. For these two, uh, Black Rock, which is just one of the oddest vineyard sites that I've seen in the very U.S. Very diverse, topography just very there. diverse. A lot of erratics, a lot of just crazy. It's it's not a vineyard you'd want to have to work the soil in at all. Interesting enough to that when I was there, just to think that someone said, "Hey, let's plant one here exactly. because this looks like really not easy to walk and navigate." <laughs> and how do you figure which is which is north and yeah. south? Uh, well, very cool, and uh, that's a lot of uh, grape sources. But you've got a lot of uh, brands uh, in Washington. It that- is. Um, it is a lot of grape sources. Our our scale is is very different than Cote Bonneville, and. One of the things, you know, being a value-driven wine, one of the things we're really concerned with is consistency and really, you know, delivering a product that you find that consumer that likes Waterbrook Chardonnay and that's their their everyday wine. You want them to have that experience, to have that same quality of experience year after year. And one of the things with, with Waterbrook, it's the fourth winery founded in Walla Walla. It was founded in 84. Uh, the current winemaker, John Freeman, was handpicked by the founder, Eric Rindall, and a lot one of the things i think for us that's really unique that's that's different than a lot of the other sort of newer wine growers that are, or winemakers and growers that are out there is that 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 lineage of since 1984 a lot of those same vineyards that i mentioned the oasis the black rock the canyon ranch even though it wasn't ours at that point in time those are all if you go back and look at waterbrook chardonnay from 1985 or 1986 or you look at the melange or the merlot from the early 90s those vineyards are the same vineyards, and the grower that was growing those grapes back in the early 90s is still the same grower that we work with now, and there's there's really a nice connection between the winemaking team and that vineyard team in terms of understanding the goal, in terms of having that sense of history, so that when we do have vineyard sort of vintages like 2007 or 2011, where it's not the the most ideal vintage, there's an informed conversation that's happening between those two because they understand the style of wine that we're trying to produce, and our winemakers really have a very intimate knowledge with those vineyards, even though they're not our estate. For well, it's it's true, and the the relationship with the uh, the vigneron and the winemaker uh, is often one in the old world. They're the same person uh, with their trusty steed plowing the the fields. Uh, and Carrie, you have some. You said you sell seventy five percent of your fruit, so you must have a great relationship with a lot of uh, your producers. Yeah, we do. We have some people who have been getting the same rows in the vineyard because we sell everything by designated rows. And we've had people having their same rows since 1999 and they're uh over I mean when you work with somebody for that many years, you build up a great relationship and and that's it's also fun. And it's really interesting to try other people's 
De Brule Vineyard Wines. Uh, we tasted, I did a Chardonnay tasting recently, and we tasted the uh, Owen Rowe De Brule Chardonnay right next to the Cote Bonneville De Brule Chardonnay, and it was really interesting because the rows are adjacent, but the winemaking styles are a little different, and so it was, it's fun to do that. But knowing your fruit sources and having that consistency are very important to to wine quality year in and year out. So here's a question. Uh, your production is what? Uh, 1,200 cases? 1,500 cases? Where are you at? We've grown. We're big. We're at 2,500 cases. Holy smokes. It would still not fill one you of the tanks. You must need a big warehouse for that. We are We're yeah. just giant now. Six uh. different wines, 2,500 cases. You put them all together, you still wouldn't fill a tank at Waterbrook. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's cool about today. We've got uh, really a uh, the single vineyard producer, and we've got a, a world-class producer made making a host of great Washington wine from around the state. And you're mm-hmm. in charge of all that, Hal? Yes. The director? El director. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> I so, actually, I, I started in the IT department. And uh, when they when they figured out that I knew a little bit about wine, I was actually promoted somewhat uh, degradingly to deputy winemaker. Um, I think I may be the only deputy winemaker in the history of the world, and hopefully that's the last time someone gets that title. But it's I've been there for a long time. I really, to to come into a company like Precept at the beginning, really at the beginning, and, and be able to have that experience with the ownership team just has been tremendous. It's a, it's a fantastic opportunity just because we do so many different things. We, we work in so many different price points and so many different styles of winemaking. It's really, it's, it's a, it's a very different experience than, yeah, you get to be, than what uh, a lot of people get. You get but, to be a bunch of different people, it seems, yeah. because you get to put a face behind all of these brands and at different price points and different fruit sources and different even looks and feels and styles. and uh, that, That's very interesting. So we, it's this is quite a show. We've got the best of Washington uh, uh, embodied in the single vineyard and the, the well, we'll call it the, the single... Uh, franchise, which is uh, really uh, what I think Precept does great because you're able to uh, provide personality to uh, a bunch of different uh, Washington wine faces. Right. And uh, I know that you'll be at the uh, Gold Medal Wine Experience uh, Sunday, September 14th, uh, and you're pouring Waterbrook, uh, Canoe Ridge, uh, Waitsburg Cellars, and Brown Family, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that yes. was it. That's pretty exciting. Uh, it's actually very exciting because the... Um, you know, one of the things that uh, everyone has a chance to, to, to talk about what world-class wine is or what good wine is or what just, you know what, this is great. Like rosé. French rosé, it's 10 bucks. I don't care. Uh, it's chilled. It's cold. It's refreshing. And it's perfect for that warm summer day, as every day has been almost this entire summer. And it's, it's a non-brainer. But to me, that's the most perfect wine in the world at the time. Um, and yet... I'll tell you, I'll drink the heck out of my dad's DRC and <laughs> Chateau Margot. <laughs> and uh, when mom's good cooking, those are the perfect wines in the world at the same time, too. So there's so many different wines. Um, and that's what's great about the gold medal experience is that uh, we're providing a host of different flavors and profiles and, and wineries for people to try. So I'm excited to have both Cote Bonneville and the Precept family, Waterbrook, Canoe Ridge, and uh, Waitsbrook Cellars and Brown Family Wineries to come out. Now, I know that uh, uh, I'm a Husky, and uh, uh, what's UC Davis's mascot? The the Great Bunch? The Cluster? No, it's a, <laughs> it's a horse. It's they're a horse. Aggies. A cheval. Yeah, okay. but we'll go, we'll go with my uh, undergrad, because they're wildcats, and the color is purple, so I've kind of got... 
All but, right. Yeah, I did my undergrad at, undergrad at Northwestern. Very so. good. That's right. Smart, smarty pants. <laughs> hey, uh, what I was getting at is that Waterbrook's a big sponsor of Husky football. And so yeah, I hope we we're having some purple labels come out. Purple and gold. We are. We've got Husky labels coming out. We've actually got a uh, a contest to win a trip to the Apple Cup. It uh, will fly two people out to Pullman. They can stay for two nights in a private house. They get eight tickets to the game, and they get a privately hosted tailgate. <laughs> actually, seven guests, so that's eight people total. Um, if you go to waterbrook.com slash win Apple Cup, you can uh, enter the win and... Uh, I promise we won't send you too much I like that, harassment yeah. afterwards. Two, two uh, round trip everywhere for two, but you got to pick up six randoms at Pullman <laughs> <laughs> to go to the game. Well, you know, we need to have six six cougs. To I beat want up. the RV trip. You know, kind of like uh, uh, vacation. Uh, Chevy Chase's oh, vacation. Don't bring over up there. the RV again. That the was five, those were, those five were dark days. Oh, that sounds so fun. Waterbrook.com, win Apple Cup. Uh, the big rivalry is November 29th, uh, just after Thanksgiving. I think that's a Thursday, a Friday or Saturday. Um, so very cool. Uh, obviously, that'll be the 115th or 16th meeting of our two fine universities. Yep. Uh, so thanks for Waterbrook to step up and uh, support uh, Husky football and, in a way, s- support Washington State football because you're buying grapes over there, and all those guys are putting money into that football program. So that's, that's working well. It's yeah. a win-win. Yeah. No, it, you, so you can enter now through Halloween. It's If you've been to our office, especially around this time, it's – I'm not a Washington. I'm sort of not a Washington native. I didn't go to either. Sort of not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been here for twenty. We need to check his papers. Now. And so, I'm sort of. I'm a more longer term transplant than most. But the Cougar Husky rivalry, just within our own office, is so sort of tremendously oh, that's good well that's fun well you come back from this break we're going to wrap up happy hour radio uh with some talk about the future uh in washington wine uh, so stick around right here on happy hour radio Waterbrook Winery offers world-class Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Chardonnay, proudly produced in Walla Walla since 1984. Now you can experience Waterbrook Wine in celebration of the ultimate college football rivalry on November 29th. Enter to win a trip for you and seven guests, complete with Alaska Air flights to Pullman, plus two nights lodging and a private tailgate. Enter at waterbrook.com forward slash win Apple Cup. That's waterbrook.com forward slash win Apple Cup. Cheers. Save the date and celebrate Washington and Oregon's best wines and wineries. Sunday, September 14th at the 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, benefiting the West Seattle Food Bank. Taste, talk, and tour more than 70 fantastic Northwest wineries, all under one roof and each of them pouring their gold and double gold award-winning wines. Sumptuous food, chocolate divine, and this year's most delicious wines. The 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, Sunday, September 14th. Find tickets and information at westseattlefoodbank.org and seattlewineawards.com. Breaking down the big stories. Len Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Having a really good time drinking all this fine Washington wine with uh, Carrie Shields from Cote Bonneville and Hal Landvoit, Director of Winemaking for Precept Wines. Uh, he wears a lot of different hats. 
uh, and making a lot of different great Washington wines. Uh, speaking of Washington wines, the auction of Washington wines picnic was last weekend, uh, and the gala, and they raised an incredible amount of money for uh, uncompensated care at Children's Hospital. I'd like to thank all the winemakers. Uh, I know uh, Carrie Shields was there last week. And uh, I know that Precept family was there last week uh, with Waterbrook. And uh, who else was there? Apex Canoe. Apex Canoe. Great. So uh, good work. I mean, that really is, uh, I hate to think of it as the end of our summer, but I know it as winemaking people. <laughs> Can I call you winemaking people? <laughs> You're thinking about uh, harvest in uh, September. And let's talk about 2014 vintage. Uh, I know that it's a beautiful summer in Seattle. What does that mean uh, across the mountains? Carrie? That means that whenever you guys have heat and sunshine, we get more of it than usual. Uh, it's been a really warm summer, which kind of like 2013 uh, will be warm year, lots of heat units, which means we get both uh, high yields and high quality. Again, I was saying earlier, warm year in Washington approximates more of a California vintage. So if you like those big fruity um Napa, California kind of wines, then it's going to be a vintage right up your alley. Only if they're like 95 points. That's the only time I like them. Oh, well, every wine in Washington <laughs> should be 95 points. And gold and double gold medals as well. And Hal, what's your uh, take on the 2014 vintage? I think it's going to be a great vintage. I mean, just across the board, it's been dry. It's been, it, was a, it was not a wet spring, which is nice. So we don't have a lot of pressure in the beginning. Um, and we just, the heat is great. It hasn't been over-the-top boiling hot, but it's been a good, long, consistent heat. And I that really, that that just long, intense summer is, is that really... Is like a dry heat? It is. It's been dry. It's it's actually, I've been surprised it's a little been muggier than, I've, muggiers, yeah. than so, I've expected. And, and well, you know, I always get excited to go over there and I think, oh, it's going to be so hot and dry and I'm going to feel great. And then you get over there and it's there's some humidity and I think, well, I could have just stayed in Seattle then. <laughs> no, you can't. No, because... there's nothing like no. the... The it's go- it's been gorgeous over there. It really the it really has. And if, the if, vines. The, if our cherries that came off this year are any indication of what the grapes are going to be like, it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous. Well, vintage. I hope so. I brandied uh, both Rainier and uh, Bing cherries this year, so I'll be well stocked for plenty of Manhattans and other great cocktails over the winter. Um, speaking of, is Waterbrook going to de- delve into distillation at some point? I know you got a bunch of pumice coming out of those places. <laughs> It's it's something that we have talked about for years. It's it's a big undertaking, obviously, um, both from a financial perspective, but also just from a logistical perspective. And first, you know, first and foremost, we need to make sure that Waterbrook is living up to Waterbrook from the wine quality perspective. And we've done a lot of growth lately to just to just to accommodate the growth of our brands. These scores that we keep getting. Um, you know, we we talk about this. I think over the last, you know, couple two years. Of, yeah, over the last two years, we've had uh, over 150 90 plus point wines or Best Buy wines within Precept, which is that's like 10,000 points. Yeah, very 10,000 cool. points of light. I love it. <laughs> well, that's... and so for me, you know, for me as a as as sort of the person who has to herd the cats at the end of the day. The longer we can put off distillation, the better, just because I'm already <laughs> up to my ears and in, in grapes and juice. So uh, I understand that. And, of course, Washington uh, distillation here, or distillation in Washington is booming with the whole 1183. Next thing you know, they'll legalize marijuana or something crazy like right. that, right? Uh, well, what a fabulous time I've had. Uh, Carrie Shields, thank you for sharing such great wine. Again, the 2013 Riesling, mm-hmm. uh, and it's called De Brule Riesling, or what's it called? 
It's called Cobonneville. Cobonneville. Yep. Okay. And then the 2007, is this available uh, in a library selection or a purchase on the website, or is this just something from your stash? No, this is available. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, check it out at Cote Bonneville. CoteBonneville.com. Dot com. That easy. So thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. And Hal uh, Landvoigt, uh, Director of Winemaking and Precept Wine, uh, if you were to... Uh, What's your what's just the baby of the family in Precept Wines? What's is your little the little child that you rocket to sleep at night because you're so such a caring director? You know, of we just uh, we just hired a new winemaker down in Oregon, uh, Sarah Cabot, who has tremendous lineage, and I'm just, I'm really just so excited. Next year we'll be back here and we'll be talking about Waterbrook winning the awards and the Seattle Wine Awards, but we'll also be talking about Primarius and Sarah winning our Oregon programs and the Seattle Wine Awards, and so she's that's. That's a, incredible, and then and we do a lot of we just do a tremendous amount of wine out of Idaho, and Idaho is one of those regions oh, that yeah. no one talks about. It's it's sort of the last great undiscovered wine region, and the wines there, I think they they're not putting out as much as we can put out in Washington State, but the the wines that we put out there are every bit as good, um, and and they can grow some really interesting varieties that we don't grow it. here in the state. Well, we'll definitely get Idaho up here and perhaps some New Mexico wine as well. Well, Hal, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. If you have a chance to visit uh, Waterbrook out on August 29th and August 30th for the 80s party, their 30th anniversary, check out waterbrook.com. Don't forget Win Apple Cup for that chance to go party in Pullman for the Apple Cup. Hey, folks, don't forget... The Seattle Wine Awards and Oregon Wine Awards presents a gold medal wine experience September 14th, Sunday. Tickets available at westseattlefoodbank.org. Hey, folks, and also remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour Radio.